What's up, everybody? I'm Scott. And I'm Jason. And this is Liquid Carnage. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. What are you doing, my friend? Uh, well, spring is in full effect. I am recording from the Kingman uh, Liquid Carnage Studios. So if you hear Walter snoring, it's because he's saddled up next to me and his allergies are going full bore, but he doesn't care because he's tired and it's bedtime. Well, I'm I'm recording from Kirchworth Manor South in Phoenix, Arizona, also with um, a couple of uh, sleeping animals in our my recording studio so it's possible that you might hear them as well oh well well that's fantastic so man, what's going on with you how, how is the springtime in phoenix are things opening up down there uh yeah. is it getting more uh, normal looking yeah uh we're 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 full swing man we're full swing we although man you're not gonna believe this. so we thought maybe we should you know my my father-in-law is well, I call him my father-in-law, but Noreen's dad is in town for the next couple of weeks. He's celebrating his birthday. He's going to turn 91 on Friday. Uh, happy birthday. Uh, so he'll turn, he'll turn 91 tomorrow by the time we, this recording comes out. And so we thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe we should, you know, maybe go go to a Diamondbacks game. You know, check out a Diamondbacks game. That'd be fun. Yeah. 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 Except the Diamondbacks are trying to make revenues back. So the tickets are like an ungodly amount of money. Oh, are they? Oh, they're very expensive. How much are they charging now? Um, we were looking for a, a, a ticket to go to the Diamondbacks game, and it was like two hundred and fifty dollars. Were you were you sitting behind home plate? No, that's the thing. We weren't. I think we were on the first level, but we've never paid that much for tickets. Ah, uh, you see, way back in the day, some of our listeners might not know, but I actually worked for the Diamondbacks in their ticket office, so I might have some insight to this. Okay, so uh, I'm assuming it's because they need to raise the prices to keep people, you know, because they're not fully doing a full capacity, so they're trying to keep only the real payers to come. I think that's got a lot to do with it. Um, I think not having any fans in the stands last year kind of hurt them a little bit financially, so it might be a case where they're trying to uh, make it up faster uh, than they probably anticipated. And I know as we come through this, they're opening up more and more and more and allowing more fans into all these games, but – I don't think it makes it right, man. And it, your your father-in-law being 91 years old, I'm assuming he needs uh, some ADA seating possibly to make things uh, yeah, easier. Yeah, I mean, how about this? He, he, he is, he's legally blind. Um, he can see shapes, but he can't see like specific shapes. Um, but he always loves sports. And mm-hmm. we thought, well, maybe that'd be a fun thing to do, you know, get him yeah. out of the house. And But yeah, no, we're not, we're not that crazy. No, I don't blame you at that point, you know take him outside do a little league field to put the ball game on the radio and he might not know the difference you know what we were having a conversation uh yesterday uh we record on a monday everyone so we had a conversation on sunday and he he dealt me a doozy of a question not even a question really but we were sitting there talking and um in november his wife of 69 years passed away and you know he he's had to transition from basically living at home with her living kind of a, a normal life to now he lives by himself in an assisted living apartment. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the issue that he's running into is that other than his sight and his hearing, he is in tremendous physical shape. Like he, he has the heart. They say he has the heart of like a 50 year old. Oh, that's good. Um, he has no like um, going on at all. Uh, that would cause him to think that he might, he could still live maybe five, ten years. Oh, wow. He's celebrating his 91st birthday on Friday, and he has no signs of slowing down. You know, th- this sounds very similar to uh, my grandpa. 
Yes. When when my grandma passed away ten years ago, now is when she passed away. Um, they were married uh, similar, like sixty plus years when she passed, and it was the first time he'd ever really been a bachelor as an adult. And he lived by himself for a couple of years, kind of like your your father in law did, except uh, a little bit longer before he moved into an assisted living home. And uh, it's interesting because they start to learn more about themselves, but also they kind of find those freedoms a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, even though, even if it's a little bit later in life, it's a different lifestyle when you're living by yourself versus when you're living with somebody. And that's I think that's something that both you and I can attest to. Maybe not quite at their at his level, but yeah, yeah, you know, I can understand where it, it's after 69 years of consistency, um, it's not going to change overnight. You know, well, and what 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 threw me, Scott, um, was that we were talking. You know, sometimes we just talk about cards or past you know his his past you know where he was doing something with the kids or whatever and then all of a sudden out of the blue he just said you know jason i just i don't even know what my purpose to get up in the morning is anymore and it just hit me like man i i i guess it just hit me thinking do we all get like that at some point where it's just like why am i getting up what is what what is the purpose of this i think at some point, you're, I think everybody comes to that. But I think when that happens, it's up to you to figure out what what your purpose is, you know. And it's different for everybody else. And, and I'm sure at 91, when you're basically legally blind and almost legally deaf, it's it's hard to it's hard to find that reason because you really can't take care of yourself at that point. And you spent your entire life taking care of your wife and your family. And providing, and now it's someone else's turn to take care of you, and that that that's an identity crisis, is what it is. Maybe, yeah, because he even said that he said, you know, at least at least when she was alive, the last five years, my purpose was, you know, help her, take care of her, you know, mo- you know, do the things around the house that she couldn't do. So I, I had functionality, you know, and and he was in his own yeah. house. He lived in that house about as long as I've been alive. So I mean, you know. It, you know, from that perspective, he did have a purpose. He did have something to get him up in the morning. He knew he had to take care of his wife. He knew he had to, you know, do chores around the house. Well, now he doesn't have that. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I, I got to thinking is, I mean, is it possible to live life without having a purpose? I don't think so. I think everybody has a purpose whether they want to realize it or not. And I think we might be a little lost at times while we're looking for that purpose. So but, what, 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 what's your purpose, Scott? Like if you were to define your purpose in this life, what, what would you say it is right now at this point? Uh, my purpose in life at this point is it's to help others. It is to help people get to where they need to be. It's to watch over these small animals I have in my house, both dogs and children. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it, it's, it's to help. My purpose is to help people. I know I'm not a doctor or, or smart enough to be a lawyer. I, probably smart to be a lawyer i just don't want to but i i i can run my mouth like a marathon and i can i've been able to find ways to use that to help people whether it be through scholarships or, or awareness or just just generally looking after somebody and you think i mean i look at that the, the way you say that and i have a feeling that no matter what happens to you in your life that that purpose will always be part of your life yeah i i think so i mean i, I learned that from my grandpa my grandma that was her. That was her purpose in life, and that's right. That's that's where I get it from, and that's where oh, I, I hope to pass it on to someday. 
Okay, and what about so, you? What's, what's, what's your purpose? Well, I, there's a great line. I know it's silly, but there's a great line in the movie Gladiator. If you've ever seen that movie, at the beginning of the film, the very beginning of the film, the main character has to decide um, whether or not he should live for himself or live for the, the, the majority of Rome. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to his little valet and he says, you know, how do you make a decision about where you should go- move forward? And the valet just said something that's always stuck to me. He said, you know, some of the time I do um, what I want to, but the majority of the time I do what I have to. And I, I guess for me, the majority of time, we, like you said, we take care of kids. We take care yeah. of our coworkers. We take care. We, our purpose is service to others you know, to that, you know, we have things, we have responsibilities that give us a purpose in life. And I feel like for the most part, I'm kind of in the same boat. My purpose is to work a job, to pay for my family, to help, help my family, to help, uh, you know, Noreen and her family whenever I can. Um, but more recently, I felt like my purpose has been more selfish um, expand my mind, read more books, learn a language, write journal and, and write. Yeah, but that's not selfish though. That's that's self-enhancement, self-enrichment. That's something you can use to pass on information later on. I don't think that's that's selfish at all. I, th- I think that's an opportunity to take time for yourself to do something you do enjoy because I think at the end of the day, uh, you cannot spend your entire life being about everybody else and worrying about everybody else. You have to take some time for you. If that's what you choose to do, I think that's important. Well, and and I think I think it kind of leads back to when he lo- is looking at his life. He he can't see. He really has tough time hearing. He's by himself for the most part. I can see where he would have struggles. I can yeah, see but- where he would look at it and say, "Man." You know, what, what is the point? I, I can't see. I can't hear. I'm by myself. That would be hard. That would be hard to find your purpose at that point. And, you know, it's and it, it doesn't matter what you or Noreen or any of his other kids try to do to help him to find that purpose. If he can't see the value in, in, in something that he finds to do, it's kind of a moot point, you know. Well, or do our do our do does our purpose change over life? Oh, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think that uh, that that could be part of the issue too. Is what was important to him five, ten years ago may still be important, and he can't do it, or may not be important at all. Well, I think he can speak to all of us about that, or all of us can speak to that. It's what we thought was important a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago was completely different now, and I think especially a year post COVID, or at least first lockdown COVID, I you our priorities. Uh, this time last year, early April, mid-April versus mid-April of 2021 are two very different things. Life is very different for me this time, uh, this year versus this time last year. And I'm fairly certain it is for you too, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. Do you feel like when you, um, do you feel a sense of pride when you feel like you're, you're fulfilling your purpose? Or, you know, if you if you or if you don't fulfill your purpose, do you feel different or do you feel, does it affect your mood? Uh, I, I think if I lose focus, it does. I think, I think if I lose focus, it can do that to an extent. Okay. 
but I don't really, I, I try not to think about it. Like I don't wake up every day like, this is my purpose. This is what I'm doing. If I don't, if I don't achieve my purpose for the day, you know, I, I I'm, I'm going to be lost. I don't think that's a thing. Okay. It, it, in my opinion, I think we, it's a general goal and lifestyle. And then that's what you work toward every day. But other things happen throughout the day that you have to conquer. You have to look at, you have to handle, you can't bat an eye at, you just have to go out and go do it. You know? Well, yeah. there's some things that we don't want to do. Yeah. You know, there's some things, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things I procrastinate on because I just don't want to do it. Yeah. And that's how I used to be too. And as I've gotten a little bit older, I just, I've stopped procrastinating on them and I've just started getting up earlier and just doing it to get it out of the way. Okay. So you've, you've put a challenge upon yourself that, um, you know, that I'm going to do it. I'm going to force myself to do it by just getting up earlier or. Well, yeah, I think so. I think it's just a lifestyle commitment. You know, it, it's, it's, some, it's, it's a little bit, it's an area where like Janice and I are different. She is more than happy to uh, not do anything in the morning and just kind of start the day a little bit later on and, and work until the past the sun goes down. And, and I am the opposite where I get up at five, even on weekends, I do my stuff. I get out, I go run around and I'm done by the time it gets super busy out there. Cause I want to have options. If I want to go play, I want to go play. I don't want to see, I can't cause I have to go to home Depot. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Get it done and then have the rest of the afternoon to play versus no, I'm waiting now. I've got to go do it when I don't want to. Exactly. And I, and I think that changes their throughout life. You know, it's, it's just a matter of perspective and how you want to do things and how you like to do things. So how would everybody's you, different. How would you advise a 91 year old man who can't see and can't hear to find his purpose? I don't think you can advise anyone to find the purpose. I think you have to wait, help wait, wait. Them. Your purpose is to help people, Scott. Don't give me that. Don't give well, me that. Yeah. You can't advise people. You've got to help someone. Yeah, but you can't tell you can't tell anybody what their purpose is or what they should do. All you can do is give them opportunities to figure it out for themselves. No, but you can give them advice on how to find the purpose. You seem to have found your purpose pretty pretty easily. So how did what you the find fuck, it? What, what the fuck am I going to tell a 91-year-old man that he hasn't already heard or seen? No, that, that is a man. I think you'd be you'd be surprised, Scott. Not everyone has as clear vision of what their purpose is on this world as you do. I didn't say that my purpose was clear. I just say that's what I feel like my purpose is. I know, but I feel like I feel like that. Wait a minute. You know, wait a minute. If, if, if somebody else told me that's my purpose, I'm like yeah, whatever, fuck off. That's not that's not for you to say. Wait a minute, Scott. You're contradicting my. You're confusing me. You said that you know what your purpose is, and now you're telling me that your purpose is not that clear. No, I said I know what my purpose is. Okay, so that sounds pretty clear. Yeah, my okay. purpose in this phase of my life is to help people. Yeah. Okay, so to say that you're not clear on your purpose. What I was saying is, is that yeah, I'm not going to tell him what he needs to do, but yeah, but can you help him? Some, can you help him some, find some... ways to to get out of this mood that he's in? Yeah, but that's not up to me to help. I, I my purpose is not to get people out of their moods, out of their funks, or whatever else. So what is or, or, or no, advise them? What are you said that your purpose is to help people? So what does yeah. that mean then? What does helping people mean to you if you don't help them? Well, I, I mean, I think I think your my, idea my, of helping my purpose I, I think is you're, to help I, people, but I don't want to tell anyone how they need to help, how to help someone. <laughs> what? Well, I think you're taking it in a very literal sense, and I, and I think that's you know that's completely out of context for helping. You know, it's so. What does helping I, mean when you say when you say you're there to help people? What does that mean? 
my job is based around helping people. My career is based around fundraising for programs. It is based around finding uh, volunteers to help work, run the hospital. It's, it's based on keeping public, you know, nonprofit programs up and running. It's finding ways uh, to keep the world going and, and keeping people, you know, active in it to the best of my abilities. Through, through Which, work, through work, through, through work, even through personal. Cause a lot of the stuff I started in my personal life too. Okay. okay. But, but I don't, I don't, I'm not, what is it? Uh, Lucy from peanuts that goes out to the free advice for, for a nickel. No, that's not what I do. And especially to a 91 year old man, if he asks me a question, I'll give him an answer. But if he, it is not up to me, nor is it up to you to tell anybody what their purpose is. If you want to supply them with opportunities to find that purpose, that's up to you to figure out what those opportunities are. And it's up to that person to figure out if they want to take those opportunities. Now, in this case, if I'm talking to a 91-year-old blind man and who's deaf, I would do something that he was staying with me like he is with you for a couple of weeks and he's looking for a purpose. You have two small lap dogs right there that need nothing but love and attention. Do you so, not? So, so yeah, so short term, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, but short term that makes sense there, but at some point he has to go back to that assisted living uh, village in Tucson, correct? Right, yeah. So if he's going to go back to the Springfield Retirement Castle down there, I mean there's something like that. You know, most people like that would live live for other people or other things. So you have to help them discover that they are there are other things or people out there for them to live for. Whether it be an animal or, fuck, I don't know, a plant. Yeah, but something that something that relies on them, and that's what he's looking for. Maybe, but, yeah, maybe. But, but you can't. But you can't tell him that. He has to figure that out on his own. Hmm. So, so if he were to come to you and say, "What should I do?" How would you answer that? Let's say, have you tried petting a dog? Have you tried looking after a dog? And and. and and expand a little bit about what, how that would help him or how that would be good well, for him. Seeing as most domesticated dogs, like the four I'm staring at right now, passed out next to me. Yes. They rely on us for food, shelter, water, attention, uh, connections. And that's, those are all things he can help supply. Yeah. And, okay. And unlike a cat who could give a fuck. Yeah. Dogs reciprocate that love and they're very loyal. And it gives him something to look forward to. I mean, there's there's a man who lives down the street from me for years. I, I, I swear this man has got to be in his mid-80s, early 90s. I see him every day walking up and down Airway, a street that I live off of. It's a very busy street here in town, but not in the area I live in. He, he has one of those walkers that helps him move. And there's a, a very old corgi that walks with him every day. Rain, sleet, snow, sun, whatever. He's out there walking in the morning and the afternoon, and that corgi is there with him. Those two rely on each other. Those two need each other. That dog's purpose is to give that man something, and that man's purpose is to give that dog something, and they have each other. And that is what you have to find in this life. So that's what it comes back to at the end of the day. He spent 69 years looking after his wife and family, and he's lost that. And he doesn't yeah. have to find a total replacement for it, but something to help fill that void that will reciprocate the love and affection that he's trying to give. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my soapbox. So when I say I'm here to help people, I'm here to help people, but I'm not here to give someone their purpose, especially a 91-year-old 91, 91 man. That man runs laps around both you and I combined. 
Well, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a feeling that a lot of people in this life, they do get lost. Oh, I agree. So, I agree. So, I mean, so I think that it's okay that someone who is younger than him can help him as much as someone who's younger than me can give me insight into a vacancy that I'm experiencing, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, the, it's the personal connection of, uh, it doesn't ra- really matter what age we are. It's, um, you know, we are humans who interact with other humans. I find this question really interesting because um, most times when I, 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 I've run into people who, who love their parents very much, but I always ask the same question and maybe I'll ask it to you just as part of the, an off shoot. Um, have you come to a point in your relationship with your parents where yes, they are your parents, but you also look at them as a woman, a man that are not your parents are just people like you would meet any other person. Like, have I become friends with my parents now that, now that they don't have to raise me anymore? Uh, no, I'm saying that um, I'll give you a perfect example. When I was 19 years old, my father told me and confided in me in something that forever changed my view of him as he is no longer just my father. Um, he yeah. is he is a man who is as flawed. Um, the, the veneer of the parents went away. Of my mom, of my dad went away that moment. And I realized he's just a man like anybody else. Makes mistakes, has dreams, has failures that he's not proud of. And um, I had that happen to me very early age. Uh, when, when Noreen's mother passed away, I asked that question to her sons. And her sons are in their 60s. And both of them said, no, my mother was always my mother. She was never anything more than my mother. And I thought that's an interesting take because I had a different experience with my parents. Well, I think it's different for everybody. And, yeah. and I, I think the EP would agree with me that there, uh, up until this, this recent incident with, with our dad having the heart attack, for, for the most part, well, our parents were our parents. We're not really a family that communicates about a lot of those things. And, yeah, right. No, I don't think they're, I don't think Noreen's family was like that either. Yeah. You know, and it, it, you learn, a, you learn a lot of different things uh, when you're staring down the mortality of your family and uh, it's being done in an ICU room. And you have no idea what's going to happen next. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think I agree. I, I think it's begun to, at least for me, uh, because of those interactions, it's, it's, it's it's started to shift and it, it's different now it's it's you know my parents are my parents but you know they're also they're, they're also you know my friends at that point too because i go and i meet them for drinks and they go and they do stuff with janice the girls and i now and it, it's it's a cool thing but it's you know and i know it's something that, that parents do anyway but it's you're hearing a different side and you're seeing a different side of them and it, it's it's a neat experience to see yeah i mean i i think that was the thing that was so moving to me is that he trusted and respected me enough at 19 to confide in me about things in his life that you don't normally parents don't tell their children that, Yeah, you know, no, normally you, you would not like you, you'll find as you get more involved with Janice's kids, that there are certain things about you as a man that you may wait years, maybe never tell them about you you know, your fears, or maybe it's the, the, the failures that you are most haunted by, you know, any of those things that we as humans, like you and I have had conversations that we're not siblings, but 
you would probably never tell a sibling that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and so, so it, I, 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 I only bring it up because I think that, that I, I was fortunate that I had a, an experience with my father and my mother too, but later in life that changed my view of them, not just as parent child relationship, but as something so much more. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it's different for everyone in this world. And- yeah. If, if everyone had a uniform relationship with their parents, you could say, "All right, well, at this age, they'll tell you this; at this age, they'll tell you that." But you know, every 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 relationship is different, so um, it, it's just something that has to evolve with with time. You know? Yeah. Well, and and I, I just coming back full circle um, over the last six months, I've been able to talk with um, Noreen's father differently than she can even talk to that Noreen can even talk to him because I'm not his child. Yeah. You know, so he can talk to me about things that he would never talk to Noreen about um, because it's just, you know, different. And even to this day, um, you know, Noreen looks at her dad as her dad. Yeah. Um, Which, um, so I'll not to go off the subject so much further, but I think it was just, it was poignant to me when he, he said that to me and it's, I was kind of like you, I don't know what to tell him uh, in the sense of how to help him. What I, what I tell him is that um, it's understandable why you're feeling this way. You know, you, 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 you've, you've basically been with one woman for 70 years and now that woman is no longer there at some point, you know, the, the, the word love is no longer an action, right? It's a state of being. Yeah, you know, to love someone so long and so much that they are a part of you, and you just lost that part of you. It's no longer I love you because I buy you flowers or I take you to dinner. It's, you know, this love is a state of being that makes me whole. And when you've taken something away from it, the the being lost is is totally understandable. Yeah, you know, it's I always go back to my age old advice, and I get I tell everybody this. Um, you should just get a dog. Mm-mm. He had a dog. We had to take it because um, it, it was just too hard for him to walk the dog. You have, you have three dogs now? We have three dogs, yeah. We took their dog. Once she passed away, mm. um, he, he, he could keep the dog where he was, but it, it, was just, it was just an extra thing that we discussed and thought, this is probably not something is it a, you is need it another, to continue with. Um, and another little too? Another Shih Tzu, yeah. Oh, you lucky bastard! Yeah, I've got two Shih Tzus now and my little terrier. But, but you're right. We 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 took that. Now the other reason why is because in that dog's life, she's lost now three owners. Yeah. Uh, and- so we thought, you know what? Chances are it would be easier for her to not be outlived by you know to not outlive another owner with us than it would be with dad so yeah you know and that's a traumatic experience but if, if you know if she could still have the relationship with with yeah. your that's good too it's just she'll still get excited to see him and whatnot i didn't realize you guys took on a third dog that's amazing yeah amazing. we we um we did it uh in november when um when marianne passed away we we decided just it might be easier plus it also gives her an opportunity to be with our dog. So she's not alone, you know, during the day and, and she's become very close to Noreen. I think that um, this dog is one of these dogs that like clings, not clings, but clings to females. 
Uh, and she's very attached to Noreen, so. Yeah, you know, my parents adopted a dog like that, too, that lost its owner and bounced around for a little bit. They, they've done it a couple times, actually. And, yeah. Uh, the love and affection those those dogs can give you once they're settled and they feel safe is, is second to none. You know, it's it's something I, I hope everybody gets to experience at some point because I know I have three, now four, four dogs like that because our Sammy, Janice's dog, uh, lost both of his parents. That's how he came to be with us. Yeah. So it's just, it's traumatic for them, but he's part of a pack now. He's like the Allen of this hangover pack, <laughs> but oh, it's, he means well. He's part of it now. Well, you know, and one final thought I just had is, and, and I think we talked about this maybe on other podcasts, is what I don't want to have happen is that to have my purpose so wrapped up in work that once I retire and I'm not working anymore, um, that I pass away early. You know, it's funny You know, you, that you mentioned that both my parents' uh, missions in life were to help people, too, between highway patrol and, and nursing. And once I, I, both Tom and I have talked about this, was when they retired, we thought they'd both be back to work within a couple of months just because they couldn't sit at home and do nothing. And yeah, they excelled at doing nothing for a very long time. They found purpose doing everything else. Um, it wasn't until COVID hit the last few months that they started volunteering at the hospital once they got vaccinated. Uh, and it's it's been really good for them. Like, it's, yeah. it, it gives, and they've even said it gives us it gives them a purpose again. It gives yeah. them a, gives them something to do and a place to be. And that purpose alone is very helpful. So that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. But you know what? I might uh, I might see. You don't want to give advice, but I might give that advice to him because that, that might be something. Because he lives at an uh, at an assistant living facility, and maybe they have volunteer programs uh, there that he can participate in. So. See, you are literally doing what I told you I do. I offer advice and opinions uh, that open up opportunities for people. That's great. So Man, look at us. Wow. Yeah, look at us, right? Full circle. Full circle. So if you have, uh, if you've figured out what your purpose of life is, or you're still trying to figure it out, we want to know, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, all at Liquid Carnage. Uh, if you want to help our EP find his purpose in life, I think he's probably found it, but just to be safe or help him get a dog. Uh, hit him up on Twitter and Instagram at liquid underscore EP. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Scott. I appreciate it, man. That was, it was uh, kind of, un- un- um, I think we went a little off topic, but I appreciate you listening and helping me through it. That's what I'm here for, man. Good show today. Hey, good therapy, man. Hey, thanks Absolutely. for listening, everybody. Appreciate you guys. Um, that was Scott. I'm Jason. And as always, if you never know quite what to say, just have yourself some liquid carnage.